Hello, this is Curtis Edwards, Vice President of Investor Relations at Hudson Investing. Are you ready to start building your multifamily portfolio? Kent and I are excited to announce our newest deal in Spartanburg, South Carolina. This 157-unit property offers a unique chance to acquire a B-class value-add property for just $120,000 per door. This is well below replacement costs. De-risking the deal even further is a favorable loan assumption with over six years remaining at 3.73% fixed. With 50 economic development projects underway and 70,000 jobs within a 20-minute drive, the South Carolina upstate region is primed for above-average job, population, and rent growth. Don't miss out on this exclusive deal. Find the link in the description notes to learn how you can invest. And for most people, they probably only need three, four, maybe five investors to really get started with their, uh, with what they want to be doing with raising capital. So out of those 150 to 200 people, I firmly believe there's at least a million dollars in capital within that group of people. We just have to figure out how to access it. Welcome to Right Around Real Estate, the show about how to passively invest like a pro. On each episode, I interview real estate experts who give their top investing advice, strategies, and tools, and I break down their insights into practical steps to avoid the pitfalls and make better investments. I want to help you passively invest like a pro. This is Ritter on Real Estate, and I'm your host, Kent Ritter. Hello, fellow investors. Welcome to another episode of Ritter on Real Estate, where we teach you how to passively invest like a pro. Today, my guest is Dave DeBow, and Dave has been an entrepreneur since 1993 and a real estate investor since 2001. He's got a wealth of experience. In that time, he's done deals ranging from creative, no money down transactions, rent to own, and more recently, multifamily properties. He's the author of seven books and has been teaching and training people about marketing and real estate investing since 2006. He's also shared the stage with the likes of Robert Kiyosaki of Rich Dad, Poor Dad fame, Robert Hershevik from Shark Tank, and George Foreman around many others. So, man, now, now I'm sharing the stage with you here. I feel like I, I'm in the presence of giants. So thanks for coming, Dave. Well, that's a good thing I'm on Zoom because I'm kind of a short guy. So definitely not a giant there, Kent, but pleasure to be here on Ritter on Real Estate. Thanks for having me. And yeah, it's it's been a fun ride, that's for sure, my friend. And uh Fun story. Um, I've got a picture of myself with George Foreman. Yeah. And talk about giants. I never realized how huge that person <laughs> is. I've got a picture. It's kind of a fun one. He's got his his fist to my jaw. I'm doing a wonky face. Yeah. But the thing is, like in the picture, he's he's about my height, but he's actually actually he's even bigger than I am. But he's actually sitting down. So and the, and the guy's hand. Is literally it's like looks like that. It's like the size of my head. <laughs> Just a mass, massive human being. This has nothing to do with real estate, but it's kind of fun. Yeah, it, it's fun, man. It's uh, you know, you meet those people and you realize what it takes. Uh, you know, not like what, you know, I, I realize what it must be like to be in the ring with that to guy. be an athlete at that level. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so absolutely. Yeah, well, yeah. Dave, let let's jump in. Let's. Uh, you know, I like to start with just get, getting to know a little bit about who you are. So can you tell our audience just, you know, give them a little bit about yourself and kind of how you've gotten to be uh, where you are today? Awesome. Well, thanks, Kent. So you can probably hear by my accent out and about, 
I'm actually Canadian. So I was born and raised in Northern British Columbia on the West coast of Canada and, and uh, went to university and graduated with a useless degree way back in 1990. And nobody was bashing down my door with great job offers. So I said, hey, why don't I go see a little bit of the world? So I did. Traveled around uh, Mexico and Central America for about two and a half years. Ended up in a little country called Costa Rica. Fell in love with the place and decided, hey, you know, at that time I was whatever, 23, 24 years old. Why don't I plant my flag here and uh, start a business? I had no clue, no money. I was an illegal alien. <laughs> I was kind of a, I was a, I was a, a, a pasty-faced white wetback in Latin America of all things for crying out loud. So uh, by hook, by crook, I actually started a business language training company down there, uh, met my wife, got married, had kids, lived in, uh, in, in Costa Rica for 10 years, had a pretty good life. And then in 2003, uh, my wife and I decided to pack everything up and move back to North America. And everybody goes, Dave, you're living life in tropical paradise where everybody wants right. to retire. Why the heck would you move back to the frozen hinterlands of Canada? Yeah, you got sick, Costa Rica, Costa you got Rica sick of the weather in Costa Rica, right? <laughs> no, that wasn't it. But you know what? You don't realize what we've got till you go somewhere else, right? Mm -hmm. So Costa Rica is a lovely country, highly recommend it. But being the pace-to-face -face white guy I am, you know, whether you have money or not, people assume that you do. There's a target on your back. There's a target on the back of your family. Doesn't happen very often, but every once in a while, somebody gets kidnapped, held for ransom, that sort of thing. Doesn't happen very often at all where I live right now. So that was it. So we came back, but then I had to start all over again from scratch. It's like, I've been gone so long, I didn't have any credit. I was in a new city. I had no contacts. I've been self-employed so long, I was pretty much unemployable. Hadn't been able to sell my business, so I didn't have very much money. And I saw one of those, I don't know if you remember those, those late night infomercials. Do you remember those, Kent? You oh, yeah. can get rich in real estate with little or no money down. <laughs> so I got, right. I got myself one of those courses. And way back then, it was like binders and VHS cassettes and stuff <laughs> like that. And went through it. And my first little kick at the can with real estate was doing uh, 18 creative deals in 18 months in and around the small city that I live in. So that was kind of fun. Caught the eye uh, of an up-and-coming real estate guru up here, kind of the Canadian version of Rich Dad. And uh, he saw what I was doing with real estate. He understood what I, my background, I had quite a bit of experience in marketing by this time. So I went out with his company and helped him blow that up and, and grow that significantly over five or six years from up to uh, seven branch offices, 128 employees, mega millions in, in revenues, all that kind of good stuff. And that's when I started uh, getting passionate about teaching and training and uh, started writing and co-authoring some books, all that kind of good stuff. And took some time off from real estate, got back into it, single family homes. But this time, instead of the creative no money down type stuff, I was actually buying properties. And then like everybody, uh, Kent, I, I eventually ran out of cash and credit, hit the wall. And that's when I started raising capital. And I have to say that my first attempts at it were really, really, really bad. Uh, I failed miserably, lost the deal, uh, got massive egg on my face, turned off a lot of good potential investors because I was so clumsy about it. But that's when I said, hey, you know what? Now, the, I, I don't, I, I tried the dialing for dollars. I tried the, you know, networking and schmoozing and turning every conversation into real estate conversation. I tried emailing my, my contacts with my deals. None of that stuff worked for me. And then I shook my head and I said, hey, Dave, you know a few things about marketing. Why don't you 
apply some marketing to this process? And why don't you work on getting investors to come to you instead of you creepily and needily chasing <laughs> after them? So right. I hooked my crook. I came up with this five-step money partner formula, raised uh, millions of bucks for my own deals. But more importantly, uh, since then, I've, I've been helping clients raise hundreds of millions of dollars cumulatively for their deals. Uh, we've got clients all over the States, all over Canada, as far as way as uh, Korea, the UK, Australia as well. So it's it's a process that seems to work pretty well, no matter where you're at. Gotcha. Awesome, Dave. I mean, that's a, that's a great story. You're kind of reinventing yourself over and over again, right? And coming up with a formula that works, you keep keep coming back to real estate, right? Getting drawn back in and yeah. uh, found, found your own niche in the space, right? And now, now you're teaching and helping others. So yeah. Um, and, and since then, you know, I've started like yourself, I've gotten into multifamily investing, but I'm more of a, a passive partner myself. I'm not, I realized a while ago, I, I suck at dealing with tenants and toilets and all that <laughs> kind of stuff. So I'd rather have somebody else do that for me. Yeah. Well, it takes a special kind of person. It does. <laughs> you got to be a glutton, glutton for it, I guess. <laughs> you know, I guess I am. But well, that that's awesome. Well, so you've got you've got great perspective, right? You've got perspective as a passive investor. You know what it you know what you're what you want to look for for people that are raising money. You're helping others raise money. You've got you know these 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 multiple perspectives that I think we can draw from today. I think that's really interesting. So you know, I uh, I know that you're so you're you're on. This is this is something that that. Uh, like I agree with, and, and I see, and I see you're on record saying this. So if you just find a lot of people say, if you find a good deal, the, the money will come, right? I, I hear that all the time. And, and I, and you're saying that's false. I agree. That's false. I, I don't think that you can sit there on your hands. and just expect money to, to come to you and, or you can say all the mantras in the world and, and it's still not going to, going to come flowing into you. Right. Well, at least so, that's, that's what I experienced anyhow. Yeah. So, so tell us why that doesn't work. Well, just like you said, you actually have to do something. So, you know, it sounds good. Just find a good deal. The money will find, will will find you, but you, obviously you have to do something. Uh, it's not just going to magically land in your, in your bank account. Right. So, so my recommendation is let's, focus on getting a group of potential investors lined up, ready to go first. And then we go find the deals because that way we know we can negotiate with confidence. We know we can go in there and uh, have complete confidence. We're going to be able to close on the deal. And that's going to give us the ability to negotiate harder. It's going to give us the ability to find the better deals. It's going to give us a much better reputation in our local market because, because the, the other professionals are going to see us, as actual action takers, right? Versus just tire kickers. So mm-hmm. my whole perspective is find a good deal. The money will find you if you've already got your investors lined up, ready to go in the wings. Does that make sense? So you bring them a deal and then yes, they're going to be ready to invest with you, but you have to have done that homework first. You have to, I think it was Confucius that first said, dig your well before you're thirsty. So raise the capital first, get your investors lined up first, then go bring the deals to them. Does that make sense? It does. It makes a lot of sense. Yeah. So how how does one go about starting starting to implement this process? Yeah. So Kent, again, a, a lot of your listeners are probably experienced capital raisers. They're perhaps doing bigger deals. So this is really 
this process is really designed for people that are getting started with raising capital and they haven't really done it before. And, and what I always recommend is um, let's focus on a target group of potential investors, right? Because I see a lot of people just kind of going out, they don't know what they're doing and they just post everywhere on social media and they just, they, they think anybody with a pulse and a checkbook could be a really good potential investor. And again, I'm just a caveat here, cover my butt. I'm not a lawyer. I'm not a security specialist. I'm a real estate guy. I'm a marketing guy. I'm, I'm sharing my understanding of things and everything's a little bit different. But in the States, you've got this thing called the Securities and Exchange Commission. And you've got each state has its own uh, regulatory body as well. And their job is to protect Joe Public from mm -hmm. unscrupulous con artists, right? So there's a whole bunch of rules and regulations about who can and who cannot raise capital. And bottom line is you and I, as mom and pop real estate investors, are not legally allowed to raise capital unless we're licensed to do so. So a stockbroker would be an example. A mortgage broker might be another example. Financial planner. They can take capital from the general public and invest it in, uh, in, in different assets. Typically, they work for big banks and financial institutions. Uh, but as, as far as you and I go as, as investors, we have to jump through some hoops or we have to get the appropriate uh, legal paperwork done, the memorandums or appropriate, appropriate corporate structures set up. And that tends to be very, very expensive. So if you're just getting started with raising capital and smaller deals, what I'm going to recommend is focus on people that you have a pre-existing relationship with. You know them, they know you. I call this the easy capital. And quite often there, there are, you know, depending on how you structure it, and again, you have to talk with a good lawyer about this, but this is an exception to the rule. You are allowed to work with friends, close friends and family members on your deals if you set them up the right way. So in my mind, that's, that's the logical place to start, Kent, because in order for somebody to invest 50, 75, 100, $200,000 with you, they need to know you, they need to like you, and they need to trust you with their money, mm -hmm. right? So yeah, when we're absolutely. working with friends and family and, and close business associates, well, these people already know us, they already like us. Now we just have to get them to trust us with their money in our real estate deal. And mm -hmm. two out of three ain't bad. That's a good start. So that's that's really the, the, the core part of this whole process. Let's create a target group of somewhere between 150, maybe 200 of these people that we have this pre-existing relationship with. And let's focus exclusively on that. Yeah. So let, let me share some of my personal experience in, in doing that and cool. uh, get your perspective. So, so in the first deal that, that I set out to, to raise money on, um, you know, I, I didn't hit my target of, of how much I thought that I could raise. And, and, and it was all from friends and family. And, and what I realized in, in kind of reflecting on why is that while these people, uh, knew me and liked me, right? They, they did not perceive me as uh, a real estate professional. They, they perceived me as, as the relationship that we'd had. You know, maybe I was a high school friend, a college friend, a fraternity brother. You know, maybe I was a coworker, right? And, and so I didn't realize the importance of, of kind of managing that perception and altering that perception. And, and so how do, you, how do you recommend people start to do that so that they, they are successful their first time out. That's a really, really good point, Kent. So the big mistake I made and the big mistake I see a lot of other people making is they charge ahead right from the get-go and just say, hey, it's Dave. 
I'm doing this real estate thing. I got a really good real estate deal on the go. Have you got any money? Maybe not quite that tacky, but that's kind of the, the way it comes across. Mm-hmm. So what, what we do now instead, and when we're working with clients is we say, okay, well, let's create that target group of 150, 200 people. Thing number one, we need to realize is not everybody's going to invest with you. That's, that's unrealistic. And for most people, they probably only need three, four, maybe five investors to really get started with their, uh, with what they want to be doing with raising capital. So out of those 150 to 200 people, I firmly believe there's at least a million dollars in capital within that group of people, we just have to figure out how to access it. And the first part we wanna do is we want to set the stage. So like you said, you, you had a challenge because these people didn't see you as a, as a real estate authority yet. Uh, they, they didn't take you seriously in that, in that sphere. I'm sure they do now. But what we wanna do is we wanna reconnect with these people on a personal level first before we even start talking business. So the big mistake I made back in the day, Kent, was I, I blasted everybody I knew with this deal. Right. And then I, I got these replies back and it was like, Dave, I haven't heard from you in so many years. And here you are, hit me up for money for a deal. Take a hike, right? That's, yeah. that's basically how it went. So now what we do is, okay, let's not do that. Let's put something in between first. So the, the first thing we want to do is want to reconnect with these folks, catch up on what you've been up to for the last three, four, five years, right? So on a personal level, we're not trying to, we're not trying to finagle them into investing right off the get-go. So let's say you got a 200 people on your list. You send out a couple of emails just through this reconnecting process. You tell them what you've been up to. You ask them to hit reply and let you know what they're doing. You, you have a little bit of go back and forth with those folks. Now, out of 200 people, you might have <clears throat> somewhere between 20 and 40 actually reply back to you. And that's okay. You don't need all 200 to reply because there's capital in those 20 to 40 that have responded. Does that make sense? And then, and then we have one part of that message sequence that goes out and says, okay, hey, it's been really good reconnecting with you over the last week or so. I just want to let you know that moving ahead, I plan on doing a much better job of staying in touch and letting you know what I'm up to with real estate investing. Real estate is something I'm very passionate about. I'm doing really well with it. And in fact, I think real estate is the best way for everyday folks like you like myself to get an above average return on our money backed by a solid tangible asset, real property. And who knows, maybe sometime in the future, you might even want to partner with me and share in the profits on a deal. But you know what, if you're really not into real estate, you can always click unsubscribe at the bottom of any of my emails. You'll be taken off the list immediately. My feelings will be hurt for a little while, but I get over it eventually. Okay. So you send out a little message like that, and that sets the stage for what's going to be coming next. Does that make sense, Kent? So it's a it's putting a little bit of a buffer in there before we start talking business. It does, and, and I think that I think at the same time as I th- I just think about this as uh, from the passive investor side and kind of mm-hmm. you know the the perception that somebody would have being being reached out to in 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 those two different ways, right? And I think that I think a, as a passive investor, someone who who's wanting to, to maybe invest in real estate, invest with someone, I think through that process, I think it's also showing, you know, showing a level of thoughtfulness and, and commitment. And, and hopefully also you're through that process, starting to educate them on some of the benefits of, of real estate and, and these types of investments, but before just hitting them up for money. So, so it's, 
you know, educating first, right. And, and creating that rapport. And I think that that also will help hopefully help them make better investing decisions too. If they're understanding it better, they're understanding why real estate they're helping them understand things that, 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 that you're looking for and they should be looking for and, and creating this process where you can be seen as that authority. Exactly. Yeah. So that we haven't even actually started the education part yet. We've just, this is just like the first shot across the bow, but yeah, that's definitely a huge component. So it's instead of, uh, instead of being hit and miss and, and all in or all out when it comes to our communications, like a big mistake I see a lot of people making is they only communicate with their list when they've got a deal and then Mm -hmm. it's crickets in between deals. I think that's a big mistake. I think what you need to have is, is, constant, consistent communication, right? Ideally, at least once a week, you should be reaching out to your list of prospective investors. And and here's the other important thing. So again, Kent, a lot of your, your viewers here are sophisticated investors they are familiar with real estate. They already get the gist. But when we're reaching out to our sphere in the first place, a lot of these people are not. So we've got to remember that they are not real estate enthusiasts necessarily. They're, they're normal people. And we want to like you said, educate them a little bit about real estate investing without going overboard. Because mm-hmm. another big, big mistake I see uh, capital raisers making is that they assume that everybody is as into real estate as we are. Right. And they aren't. <laughs> okay. They've right. got their lives. They've, they've got their jobs. They're doing their thing. So they don't want a ton of graphs. Typically, they don't want a ton of graphs and charts and data and too much information. What they want to know is they want to get the gist of it and they want to know that you know what the heck you're talking about. That's that's really the bottom line. So right. when, when we're working with our clients, we focus on what I call edutaining marketing, right? Mm-hmm. Constant, consistent communication, but keep it light, keep it a little bit educational. And if you can, a little bit entertaining as well. You don't have to be a joker or anything like that or a clown, but you know, keep it light, keep it kind of fun. Make it hopefully something that people kind of look forward to getting from you. So they're going to open it up and read it and always have a call to action. And the call to action is, hey, you know what? If you'd like to find out more about this, let's jump on a quick call and see if this might be a good fit for you, right? So it's, it's having that edutaining marketing along yeah. with um, a call to action all the time. Yep, yeah. So when uh, when somebody, so you're doing this, you're educating, you know, you're, you're staying top of mind with folks yeah. through, through regular communication. And then somebody says, okay, like, yes, I, you know, I'd like to invest. I, I like what you're saying. I like what I'm seeing, you know, what do you do from there? Well, that's a good qu- question. Ken. So usually they're, they're not saying, Hey, yeah, I want to invest. They're usually saying, Hey, okay, I'm interested. So what I do is I walk them through a well-organized slideshow presentation doesn't need to be very long. And it really just kind of walks people through the kind of deals that I'm doing, the location, the, the uh, area that I'm investing in, what the big benefits are of that area, what the big benefits are of this particular real estate investing strategy, in our case, multifamily, right? Mm-hmm. But we always keep it focused on what's the benefit for them, right? And then we go show them a couple of case studies, a couple of deals that you've done in the past, examples, right? And in my case, I'm usually not using looking to raise capital for a specific deal at that time. I'm usually looking to see, okay, are you interested? Would you like to be in my investor pool? So -hmm. you get first dibs when I've got a deal. And if so, what does that look like for you? Like uh, how much would you be ready, willing, and able to invest? And I I get people to sign off on 
an expression of interest. Some people call it a letter of intent. It's not legally binding, but it shows me that they're serious because if somebody puts their Jan, John Hancock on a document, even if it's not legally binding, it's much more likely that they're going to follow through. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. That's a great tip. And then, you know, <clears throat> so from there, so you've got them, you've got them interested, you, you take it, you're taking them through the process. Um, you know, what are, I guess, as you're, as we're thinking about ways to, to actually build, to, to get from, from A to Z, right. To get from A, you know, where we're starting to, to the end where folks are, you know, interested and, and, and potential and willing to, to invest in your deals. I mean, there's, we, we kind of went over it, but there's a lot of things in there. I mean, what are some of the like specific tactics that you would use to, to get folks to, you know, know and like and trust you and kind of, and then kind of build that rapport? Are there some specific tips that folks can implement? Oh yeah, for sure, Ken. So a lot of what we're doing already is all focused on that. So if you've got that constant, consistent communication coming out on a weekly basis, that's going to go a long way to do that. Mm-hmm. Uh, when you're meeting with people, I always recommend, even if you're meeting with somebody on Zoom, if you're going to be talking about them investing with you, dress up a little bit, right? Look, Give them respect. It'll get you respect as well. Be able to explain your investment strategy at a Reader's Digest level. What do I mean by that? I mean uh, that the magazine Reader's Digest was written for grown-ups, but it was written at a reading level that any 13-year-old, average 13-year-old could easily understand. Now, I'm not saying your investors are dumb. I'm just saying keep it simple for them because if it's too complex, mm-hmm. uh, if, if, if there's too much data, for most people at least, it just confuses them and a confused mind says no. So keep it simple. Be able to explain your, your process in a simple manner. That's why a good slideshow presentation is so helpful. And um, what we want to focus on is we want to become a real estate authority in the eyes of our 150 or 200 prospective investors. We don't need to worry about becoming a best-selling author or uh, a big-time podcast host like yourself. Can't they? It's all it's all about becoming 200 famous. We only need to really mm-hmm. become well known as a real estate authority within that sphere of influence, at least to get started. So, really, really focus on that constant, consistent communication. Have sharp-looking materials. Uh, have uh, if you do want to get fancy, get get interviewed on podcasts. This is a great way to be seen as authority. Interview other people as well. There's all sorts of different ways that uh, that you can be seen as an authority. Yeah, and I, and just to again think about it from from like the other side of the fence, from the investor's perspective. You know, that was something when because I, I, I mean I started out as a passive investor before I started doing my own deals and. And everything that you're describing, I think, also just shows a level of effort and commitment over a time period, right? In you know, showing up and dressing up, and and having polished materials, and being able to to explain things in a simple way, which I think really shows mastery of a concept. I think if you have to use complicated language and jargon and and, and all these fancy words and graphs, you know, typically that's hiding. Uh, or trying to kind of overcompensate for maybe a lack of true understanding. I think if you can really break things down simply, that shows mastery. And 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 doing things like you know whether it's whether it's podcast or putting out some sort of thought leadership, having the website, like you've put a lot of time and effort into this, right? And a lot of thought into this. And I think that 
that from an investor, like that was something that I looked for. I wanted to see that. I wanted to see that time, that effort. And, uh, you know, track record is great, but, but in absence of that, at least you could show, you show that level of commitment. This is not just some flyby, flyby night thing. It's not just a hobby. It's something that you're really serious about. And I think, I think that's important, uh, for, for an investor to look at and, and understand. And that's something that I would be looking for. Well, I think they connect the dots, right? So if they're hearing from you on a regular basis, if they're seeing that consistency, I mean, subconsciously and consciously, that's what a passive investor is really one of the big things they're looking for in an investment partner. They want somebody who's steady Eddie. They don't mm-hmm. want somebody who's bipolar and up one day and down the next, right? So so just having this constant, consistent, edutaining communication goes a long way to doing that. And then of course, within that, you can be doing deal walkthroughs. You can be showing people what you're actively doing. That's always a great idea. Uh, and and they, they see that you are an active investor. Mm-hmm. Good point. Yeah, very good point, Ken. Yeah. Well, Dave, this is an awesome framework. I think you've shared some, some great tips and tactics for folks who who are trying to get started. I mean, maybe you're out there and and you've, you've been a passive investor and you want to move, you know, actively, you know, as I did. Um, I think this is a great way to approach it. I think had I approached it this way, my first time around and, and not going to be been the person to come out and say, Hey, I've got this deal, you know, and, and, uh, yeah, I, I, and I want you tr- to trust me to invest in it. Then, um, I think I would have had more success the first time around, but, and, and that was what I learned through that process, but hopefully some folks in listening to this can, can avoid that step and can go right to that level of success and have that framework set up. So appreciate you coming on, Dave, and, and sharing this info with us. Uh, before I let you go, I, I, w- I want to put you through our keys to success round. I've got a, a few questions I'd like to ask you. The first one is putting your investor hat on. What is one question that, that every investor should be asking their deal sponsor? Yeah, I th- <laughs> It's, it's an uncomfortable one, but what I kind of like to ask it, and that is what's been your biggest screw up in this business to mm-hmm. date? How did you deal with it? Mm-hmm. Because again, uh, we, <laughs> we, we tend to show all the, the flowers and the sunshine. And we don't talk about the, the downside or the negatives, but if you can get somebody and, and everybody's made mistakes, everybody's screwed up one way or the other. If you can get the person to, to, uh, calmly walk you through how they messed up and hopefully what they did to rectify the situation. In my mind, that goes a long way to, 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 to tell me what that person's uh, integrity level of integrity is. Yeah, absolutely. And, and as we talk on this show quite a bit, it all starts with integrity. I mean, you've got to, you've got to invest with somebody that has integrity and great. That's a great tip. Second question is what are you most proud of in your career? Ken, I think what I'm most proud of in my career is uh, helping and inspiring a lot of other people to either A, get into real estate investing, and secondly, to start using other people's money to not only help grow their portfolio, but to help those passive investors do something they cannot or will not do on their own, and that is to take advantage of all of the benefits of real estate investing. So there's nothing I get more, it sounds it sounds corny, but I really do get a kick out of seeing people succeed in real estate. Yeah, no, I, I feel uh, I feel very similar. I mean, I feel the same way in that the more people that we we can introduce this 
this type of investment opportunity to the more wealth we can build and, and the more value we can create among, you know, among our, our friends, our family, our, our circles of influence. I mean, you're talking about the hundred to 200 people kind of closest to you, right? If you can create wealth across that, it has a ripple effect, I believe, and, yes. and ultimately a positive impact on, on, on what we're doing in our society. Definitely. So what is a book that everybody should be reading? One of my favorite books is not about real estate investing per se, but it applies a lot. It's a book written years ago by a fellow named Chet Holmes, and it's called The Ultimate Sales Machine. And it's about sales, but it's also a lot about marketing. It's a lot about mindset, and it really applies to uh, any kind of business endeavor. So if you're in business for yourself, and I consider real estate investing to be in business for yourself, I think that's a very, very valuable book. Awesome. Well, we'll make sure that we list that in the notes so people can check it out. And then last but not least, what is your number one key to success? Perseverance. <laughs> you know, life has its ups and downs for all of us. That's for sure. It's being able to uh, weather those downs and get back up and understand that uh, it's never, it's never a, a consistent uphill trajectory life's going to throw a few curveballs at you. So it's a, it's a matter of being able to deal with those. So that, I guess that would be it. Yeah, that, that's a great one. That's critical. Well, thanks, Dave, for coming out and sharing so much information with us. If folks want to learn more about, about you and what you're doing, how can they reach you? Well, thanks a lot, Ken. So if people want to get uh, find out more about this whole, what I call my money partner formula and get connected with me, the best way is to get a copy of the book, a free copy of the book. And you can do that at a spared no time and expense with this sign here, Kent, InvestorAttractionBook.com. I'll trade you the book for your name and your email address, and that will get you into my world. Awesome. Well, thanks again, Dave. Appreciate all the info you shared with our listeners today and hope you have a great rest of the week. You too, Kent. Thank you very much. Keep doing what you're doing. I look forward to having you on my podcast as well. I'm looking forward to it. Absolutely. Thanks for listening to another great episode of Ritter on Real Estate. Hit the subscribe button to make sure you don't miss out on the content that will make you a better investor. Also, visit KentRitter.com for articles, videos, and tools curated just for passive investors. Until next time, this is Kent Ritter with Ritter on Real Estate. Now go out and invest like a pro.